0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, it's kind of surprising how much the, the philosophy of the age, the mentality of the place that we live at, the environment that we've grown up in, it's, it's shocking how much of that forms our personality, the way we look at the world, and other people, and ourselves, and God, and everything in between and then we act according to that worldview. We live according to the environment that we're raised in. It takes great thought. It takes great perseverance and effort and resilience, really, to break out of the prison that our surrounding environment creates for us. And there is a kind of prison that we live in, one of which is created by a philosophy that started, let's I shouldn't say it started I mean it's kind of ancient but it's become popular again about hundred or so years ago I don't 150 years ago called utilitarianism and obviously the root of that word is utility usefulness and what it would say is things are as value things are valued as much as they are useful if they're not useful they're not valued so for example Have any of you ever told your parents that you wanted to major in drama? Wouldn't go too well for you, probably, because they would say, what are you gonna do with that? Have anybody ever told your parents that you wanna major in philosophy? Won't go very well for you, because what are you gonna do with philosophy? You're probably gonna be broke, and that's actually probably true. However, it does a lot of good things for wisdom, and it does a lot of good things for life. Anybody ever wanted to be an artist? Not very easy to do in the, most, in the, in the Chaldean community because, It's not gonna make you any money. Where's the use in it? That is utilitarianism. Things are as valuable as they are useful and not any more so. Because of utilitarianism, we have ugly buildings, for example. Because of utilitarianism, we have stripped society and everybody in our culture and society of everything that would elevate humanity beyond just a material world. It's really unfortunate and ugly, and I can talk about this for a long time, and I will not do that. One of the unfortunate consequences of utilitarianism is that it also ends up being applied to other human beings. Even human beings are reduced in their value to how useful they are. Hence, abortion, for example. Abortion is rampant in our society because babies aren't that useful. And in the right circumstances, they can be quite inconvenient. More than not valued because they're not useful, they actually become opposed to usefulness. They actually take away from our utility. And so they're discarded, unfortunately even the human person has now been reduced to utilitarianism. In this kind of culture, we prioritize project over person. We prioritize work, stuff, over human beings. Because we no longer have a decent value system that prioritizes, the, that prioritizes things the way God prioritizes things and the way that we human beings left on our own without the awful influence of the philosophies of the age would also prioritize them. Christ obviously does not do that with us. In the parable today, one way I think that we can understand the parable, one major way I think that we can understand the parable is that it's a parable of salvation history. Jesus is the Good Samaritan in the gospel reading today. He's not a Levite and he's not a Levitical priest he kind of comes from a foreign land, from Galilee, so historically it can kind of make sense. But nevertheless, he's the one when everybody else passes us by while we have been battered by sin, battered by wounds, battered by traumas, battered by abandonment and neglect, and all the things that we endure, battered by our own sins and the sins of people imposing themselves on us. Jesus is the one that sees us valueless and he decides to help us. Jesus is the one that sees us in need of help when we can't help him. This is the beautiful thing about our Lord and the example that he gives us. And to be honest with you, the responsibility that he puts on us as well. He sees us when we have no value to him. We add nothing to Christ. Jesus that needs us for nothing. And yet he sees us battered, and he comes to our aid. When everybody else would just simply pass us by because even the priest has to go to the temple. Even the Levite has his sanctuary duties. Even everybody else has work to do. It's not their business, and they're going to go on. Because the person battered on the side of the road is useless, and I have other things to do. It's not my business. For our Lord, you see... As God and as perfect man, he shows us what the, what the priority of values truly is. Yes, he has many other things to do. Many very important things to do. But the most important thing is a person battered on the side of the road. Brothers and sisters, this is our Lord reorienting our value system and telling us again, Maybe you have a lot of stuff to do. Maybe you're very busy. Maybe you've got project after project, whatever it is. For God, it is the human person that's the most important thing. See the human person as the most important thing as well. When our Lord picks us up on the side of the road, battered by sin and battered by the various evils of this world, he picks us up, he fixes us up, he heals our wounds, and then he turns us into good Samaritans as well. We, in being saved, in being redeemed by Christ, having been picked up by Jesus, are called also to become like him, to reorient our value system, to see the dignity of the human person as the highest of all goods in this creation, and to prefer nothing, absolutely nothing, to any human being. Amen.